0: Hello and welcome to Unprepared DMs. I'm your host, Robert, a.k.a. Alphanova. And I'm your other host, Richie, a.k.a. Solar Spartan 88 And today we are brought yeah. here with Bruh. Bruh, thank you for being here. If you can unmute yourself.
1: Hi, I'm being held hostage. Oh my or god.
0: No, like you're, no, no, you're not. No, you're not. Shh, don't listen to me <laughs> yours. Um. No. So, thank you for being here again for the second week in a row. We appreciate you and... Uh, uh, we are not holding you captive.
1: I'll c- call once. You call it up, <laughs> like one two three help street.
0: Um, but no, i all Uh, you are. I, I have to say, probably the most the, the most frequent uh guests we've had so far. the Third time. Yeah, I don't think anyone's been here on the third time yet. Um,
1: <laughs> but uh-huh.
0: nonetheless. We, we appreciate that. Also, um, we want to pick your brain about DMing, because we know you want to be a DM, and we, we know you have that interest. So I, I personally am a believer that the best DMs come from people who are players first. So that being said, um, as you start growing these interests to be DMing, um, what kind of Setting, would you start up a campaign and would it be something similar to uh, under the gaze of all rise of the Last just like that? That time period, or would you do a kind of more modern time period?
1: Um, I feel like the first introduction that I was thinking of was you are as you play as like a very strong character and you're in the middle of the battle, it's however not a winning battle, you are. Desperately trying to gain the upper hands. However, the battle goes on and on, but you cannot defeat the overrunning horde of enemies, and then you wake up as, as your actual original character.
0: That's pretty interesting, to be honest. I think um, introducing your characters is a big thing. My dogs are going crazy in the background. Um, but yeah, uh, introducing your character. Uh, the way you introduce your players to the world is pretty important. Um, So that'd be a pretty interesting way to uh, start up everyone in your campaign. I like that idea a lot. Um, What would your, like, everyone kind of has, like, their own table rules and how they would run it. Like, so, like, when people, like, for instance, when you guys are doing the Howdy stuff, how would you as a DM handle that?
1: Uh, depending on how far it goes, like, if it's going way too far, or maybe not right for the situation, there'd probably be a full stop to it. It's like, it, it's not, I would not recommend to you this because something bad's going to happen. Like, if you're trying to make a joke and there's someone, like, dead, that'd be like, there, there will be consequences because you're making kind of some kind of joke on a death or yeah. if maybe it's just like yeah. you're still messing around you make a joke then you just sort of keep you keep the flow you let it happen you just tell which roles to make a yeah no i like
0: that a lot um i i think we handle it pretty similar to be honest if something's going on too far i tend to put a stop to it or um, if it's a inappropriate joke i just it, there's consequences for it um mm-hmm. So, one of the things I'm very curious about with you in particular, because you haven't DM'd yet, at least to my knowledge, you haven't. Uh, nope. So, when do you see yourself DMing? Do you see yourself DM? I know we have a bunch of campaigns coming up. Uh, I know I'm running two. Uh, Chaotic has one. Uh, Uga might have one. I'm not too sure what's going on with that anymore. I know Soup's coming out with another one. So, realistically speaking, like if you were given a chance to DM, when do you um, see yourself getting that campaign up and, re- and ready to go?
1: Well, seeing how I procrastinate a whole bunch, seeing that there's already a bunch of campaigns, I would probably attempt to DM after everyone's finished with their own kind of DM phase.
0: Yeah. I think uh, I think that's what you and Richard are both doing, doing yeah. like the, the patient game of. When, like, when everyone's done doing their own stuff, or when it's not as many people doing it, uh, I see you, both of you doing it. Um, but with that also being said, like, uh, what kind of, where would you start, everybody? Would you start everybody off level three, five, one?
1: I'd probably start it at the standard three, so that there's more space to mess around with for a first time.
0: Okay, so level 3. That's that's a that's pretty solid level, in my opinion. I think... Um, I know last we started you guys off at level 5. Um, and I believe if, under the gaze of fall, uh, we started at level 5.
1: I thought it was 3.
0: It might have been 3. I could, I could be mistaken. But I think 3 is a solid level. You don't get all the good stuff yet. <laughs> I think uh, being a first MDM myself, um, starting you guys off at level 5, Shouldn't have been the move, should have been level three, but hey, grown pains and I think it works out in my favor though.
1: Level three is if you wanna mess if you want to have more room to make difficulty. Level one is if you're playing if you basically kind of know what you're doing, in my opinion.
2: Oh yes, for yeah, sure. It's definitely harder to start at level one. Especially start statting like combat encounters and all that. It, it can be yeah. difficult against level one characters.
1: I and no one that, has their like colleges or schools, yeah. I so, think,
0: yeah, if you, I, I believe, um, speaking from my own experience, and I'm sure Rishi could attest to this. because we started on some level one campaigns, that um, level one campaigns typically end in a TPK faster than you get to level three. Yeah,
1: there's it. it's really hard to balance
2: it. Depends. I like to start with that level one. Um, <laughs> I think I've I'm pretty decent at. Statting everything appropriately.
0: Well, that's the same to me because, like, uh, first, is like, especially if you're like an all wizard, if you're playing a wizard at level one, you're gonna have a rough day, buddy. Uh, low, yeah, HP, you can't low, low, low HP, too much. Low HP and not many spells. I think magic missiles you go to for a while.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, probably. Uh,
0: yeah, no, it, it's rough.
1: Um,
0: I also love those, like, over, over, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, Over like confident players with like they make those level one characters and their backstory like my character killed a dragon with their bare hands at level one. It's like okay, (laughs) and then they die to a goblin doing eight damage. To me, to me, that's just like those like overconfident characters, and I love it. I love it a lot.
1: Um, So played by the fist.
0: Out, outplayed by the fist. I agree. Uh, so I'll, I'll turn this over to Richie real quick.
2: So when it comes to you deciding on making your first campaign, are there any kind of like specific guidelines you'd like your characters, your players to use for the character? Or do you like, a, would you rather them have more free range, pick whatever they want? Kind of something like that.
1: Um, I think the only limitation I would have is the races because the way I was saying the campaign is that there's a each kingdom for each race, probably five or six kingdoms. Yeah, and those are the only races that are actually going to live there, so it's not going to make sense if there's a dragonborn, but there's no dragonborn kingdom area. That's fair.
2: That's fair. Solid. And then you're fine with any class being free range.
1: Uh, yeah, because um, they wouldn't, especially with the way the way that all the kingdoms are gonna be now, they're gonna be any kind of help they need. Okay, at least from what I'm trying to, at least from I'm gonna attempt to try.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's inter- interesting. I, I like to, I like to keep it at the, you know the general races and the general classes mostly because I know them better, but I'm also okay with people going a little off and picking things different too.
1: Yeah, it's always um, depending on the DM to, to know yeah. about the class and uh, allowing that to happen.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, <clears throat> I think that, uh, especially, I, I think we all have the kind of the same mindset with the core classes races because one, I know them a little bit better than I would um, T and stuff like that, but also they're kind of easier to manage in a sense where a lot of the other classes have a lot of. Uh, different abilities that if you're a newer DM or not an experienced DM could be a little bit more complicated to tackle, in my opinion. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, But yeah, no, bro. um, Another question I would like to ask is with you making this whole campaign and settings and stuff like that, is religion going to play a big part in your campaign or is it something that you're not really focused on?
1: Uh, to be honest i didn't really focus on religion
0: and that's Again, i think that's...
1: i didn't really have much play in with how much i procrastinate but think uh, about how i was speaking the main enemy there probably should be religion <laughs>
0: um to be honest with uh i i, I think religion plays a big part in all campaigns but however and i it, it's easier for like to drive the story, or make enemies off of like enemies of the church and whatnot. But me personally, with at least with Rise of Lazarus in the early parts, um, I say like that we're doing this for a while. We've only been doing it for about two months. However, I didn't really think of religion in Rise of Lazarus. Like there's a God, there's Satan, but that's about all I have.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird. I have God and Satan, but there's no demons.
0: So I'm getting. It. Demons and angels are gonna make an appearance down the line, because um, basically with Rise of Lazarus and Seven Deadly Sins is um, they're they're in the same they're the same world, same universe, and uh, basically Rise of Lazarus and how you guys are pointing it now is basically Britannia and the world becoming uh, as a new world. And there hasn't been a lot of conflict, a lot of wars. There's only been like maybe two wars so far, I'm going on their third. Uh, so like, it's kind of like a brand new world, so it's kind of like building it up from the ground up. And then when we get to Seven Deadly Sims, the world's going to be a little bit more completed. Uh, There's going to be a lot more kingdoms, a lot more places for us to explore. Uh, and it's going to be more races and classes, as this is kind of like the beginning of this world as I keep going back to <laughs> yeah. so that's what I have for that um, so with DMing uh, you see my early on struggles and my early on problems that I've had and you know I get better with every session uh, with, with you personally how would you handle those those um, uh, issues and stuff that you see people who are newer to, the, to DMing have
1: um, what do you mean by though?
0: For instance, um, I'll use one of my my, my own personal issues. I, I know you don't have a problem with fully exp- uh, explaining stuff, but if...
1: Oh, yeah, I if, like storytelling, kind of.
0: any storytelling I do all right with, uh, but, like, uh, explaining some of the story I do struggle with a little bit. But um, how would you go ahead and e- explore those issues?
1: If you're something like searching a room, I remember I saw someone on YouTube say that use, rearranging the way the, the room is described, like if you're in a mushroom field, there's the smell there's the smell of raw mushrooms that fills your nostrils, depending on how far you are in, it could be heavy, faint then there's, if there's something happening in, maybe like how my backstory by a village got burned up Maybe you could yeah. say if you're if I was to play my backstory, like while I'm on my way back to the village, there is a there is the sky has been tainted with a dark mist, which is the smoke that would be from burning. Yeah, and, I think
0: with me personally, like um, when you guys were going to Uga's clan, uh, guild, the not clan guild, and I was like. As you guys get closer to the village, um you guys start getting a more eerie feeling. There's smoke coming from the from where the village would be, it's filling the sky. Um, I think I just got more like go into detail about it. I think that's more of my issue. I think I kinda of just gloss over it.
1: If they saw it, did would they have seen the village or would they just see the smoke in the uh...
0: So as you guys are approaching it, from what I remember correctly, it was I was like, you guys should see smoke coming from where the village would be, and yeah. the, the sense of urgency is becoming more and more apparent, and everyone's more and more and more of a hustle to get there.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. I think uh, adding that extra description, getting it finer into detail, can help with the more like getting the character involved and the immersion as if they were there.
1: The more words would probably be the more better, especially if the players are involved in or interested in the story.
0: Yeah, no, completely the agree. key,
1: the key is to use the five senses as, <clears throat> many, as much as you can. If you can't feel, maybe there, if you can smell it, see it. Here um, so
2: so bruh, now in a situation, what would you do for like a, a player who doesn't participate?
1: Uh, it's less of maybe in-game. It could possibly be out-of-game, but if I saw it at first, maybe the first thing I would do would be having, and ran- maybe just have a random NPC here or there talk to that player like, oh, hey, don't you remember me? And it's like an yeah. old friend, or maybe the shop keep, keep, keep is more interested in that person based on this outfit, or Mm-hmm. maybe you can have just a random enemy become more involved and have have like a dialogue between the enemy and that uninvolved person.
2: Okay, interesting. And
1: if they still don't participate, it could be trying to talk with them, see what's happening if they're not, just see like just what's happening with their side.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think- okay.
1: Because you don't want to just like cut them out from not just because they're not participating, you just gotta try and give them motivation.
2: I agree with that. Try to help out and try and get them more involved. You know.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with that. That's why with um, Red Lazarus, I I DM a group of eight, and there's characters who are being outshined and not participating, and not being used to their full full potential. So that's why. That's part of the reason why I divided you guys into groups of four and three or four and four, because uh, it's, right now it's four and three because Simon is running around with Lazarus, which will be coming to an end soon. Um,
1: I'm honestly not going to lie. I liked it better when Simon wasn't there with us because I cared to actually speak for once. Like When there's so many people, especially with the Third Eye and Simon, who are the main role players there's not a lot of room and yeah every time these
2: will shine through
1: yeah i think like every time i tried to speak like how i am it's just like there's always someone sometimes you get interrupted by accident sometimes you just get interrupted yeah yeah having
0: i think with that um yeah definitely if you you know they've been role playing long then pretty much all of us, I think, to my to my knowledge at least. Um, so, like, when they are in character and they're role-playing, they are more likely to kind of, like, steal the spotlight in a sense, where their personality would be heard more. That's why also, when we split you guys back up again, because that's the route we're going to be going, because it's easier on me, it's easier on you guys, you guys seem to enjoy it a lot more. Um...
1: Honestly, I think that was the best way to handle it because you not you don't want to just try and also cut out the person that's trying to shine. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, if they're interested in the campaign, that's good. But you want to yes. try and not interrupt the person that's trying to shine while having people yeah. who want to roleplay or just not roleplay have their chance to roleplay. I 100% agree
0: with that. I think that every character, if you're in the campaign... Something to call your interest. You don't just join a campaign, you just join a campaign. Unless yeah. some people do that, and that's that's beyond me. Um, so that's why I put you guys up, and you guys are doing phenomenal, all of you are really. And um, I think the next group was going to be, like I said, Rocky, Premiere, Sigma, and Avalon, and then Linux, Verdi, Graymurt, and Simon, where Simon joins back up.
1: What's wrong? What's wrong with me and Linux pairing uh, Alpha? I I
0: can, I can give you Linux if you want Linux. Uh, I like that. I like the dynamic you guys have now.
2: I like. Uh, I think it'd be interesting if you gave us like a draft kind of idea.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I could definitely go around that route. give you guys a draft. You uh, guys like you can kind of get like two people and they pick their they picked their people. I like
1: um, that. I was joking, but um. But yeah, I think that if you try and find a way that allows the people who don't play or because of any kind of reason, one of the reasons could be because there's, there's just people who are very interested in the campaign, splitting the party like how Alpha did could be, easy, in my opinion, a good way to allow them to shine.
2: Especially when we have such a big group, like eight people. It's a lot. APF.
1: So when you yeah, split to
2: four and four, that's more of like an average kind of campaign there.
1: Yeah, it's a, it makes the large it, group into a normal uh, yeah, organized group. Yeah,
0: it's pushed up to the four and four, and as a DM, yeah. it gives me more creative freedom because I'm technically, in my mind, i doing two different campaigns at this point, right? I'm doing what you guys are doing, and what, and what the other team is doing, and how they connect to the overall story, which I think is awesome. And then what I um what I what I like also like uh, what I'm going to be experimenting with is doing one-on-one sessions for people's arcs uh, who want to have those one-on-one sessions. I think like Bermuda's arc and Rocky's arc in particular tie directly into the story. And excuse me, I'm choking. Um. Well. Uh, I want to give you guys. Uh, not only do I want to give you guys the respect and the time that you guys deserve to tell that story of Rocky Premier, but I also want to give the campaign the time and respect it deserves to tie it into the main story overall. So I think, because in part two we might be adding another player. Um. So. All right. Because. Our friend would like to join, and I'm all for. You know, the size of the group doesn't really matter to me as long as I can manage it properly. And I think split it.
1: Just split your groups four, four, and one. There you go.
0: Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like I'm I'm perfectly okay with doing uh, a nine person group. Is is it hectic? Hectic, yes, but at the same time, I'm up for the challenge. And I think I'm doing. I'm accustomed to eight people already. I kind of my hand was kind of forced when I let eight people join. So I had to adjust to it.
1: I think combat's going to be pretty easy with the eight group, especially with Verdi's stupid double damage sneak attack and Simon's eight eight shot um, bullet uh, crossbow. Yeah.
0: So, like normal, like enemy NPCs, the yeah, combat should be easy for anybody at right now with all the buffs I gave you guys. But bosses in general, like um, Lazarus and stuff, they, they won't be easy for Simon or for Verda either. So, I mean,
1: there's uh, the Horned King.
0: The Horned King was dope. It wasn't easy for any of you.
1: Well, it wasn't easy for me because I got that one.
0: <laughs> the best moment so far in of Lazarus, in my opinion, and this isn't too... Just off, this out uh, of uh, this out uh, of topic was when Premier was compelled to stab himself, and he rolled a max twenty.
1: <laughs> max damage. I'm all max, about those high numbers.
0: High number. That, that's what we do around here.
1: Now, anyways, um, I so, could have just gone to another crit and calm save to be two people who could have saved.
0: <laughs> now, with your campaign that you'll be working on there's a few things that for me as someone who likes to tell stories in my to the best of my ability is how big do you want your world to be not, not to not the setting but like the world itself is it gonna be uh, do you plan for like water combat war to travel stuff like that like there's a lot going on in the Rise of Lazarus Universe that this stuff that I'm gonna start implementing. So, like for you in general, is how big do you want this world to be?
1: I'm gonna I'm I'm thinking like the world to be around the size of um, the Under the Gaze of All World. Not like okay. not like the very long travel. I mean definitely has, like, really long travels if you're trying to go from one side of the island to yeah world to the other side of the world. Okay. But, um, so, I, I
0: think the gaze of all... I mean, from what I could gather from what we played, it's a pretty solid universe.
1: But you... um, I th- I'm thinking it's going to be, like, an island that would probably be separated from the actual world. I'm not too sure. I'm probably going to have to think more into that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that would be really cool in any campaign. It doesn't have to be like the main focus on it, but like I'm a big pirate guy myself. So like a pirate, like pirate boats, um pirate crewmates, stuff like that. Like I, I think a campaign based off of like pirates would be pretty awesome.
1: There'd be a lot of sea traveling. A lot
0: of sea traveling, right? Oh, yeah. I love Love, love, love pirates. So,
1: I mean, if, if you wanted to have like a pirate area, you just plop up another island and be like, you have to go that way. And it's by sea through a bunch of uh, pirate spots. There you go. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. There, there, there's, for my own greediness of loving pirates so much, there's some stuff coming up. And I cannot wait.
1: My uh, fireball back what was that what oh, my fireball oh no <laughs> uh, yeah br- bruh, Which...
0: when I think of fireball I think of you know i' game the ball character it was crazy how much how many times fireball saved all of us almost killed us too.
1: i think that was just you actually nobody no, but it no it quite was, a it, people
0: it was me and two other people I just don't remember the two i know for sure one was for me
1: you were you were fine with taking you know half it was, damage, right? Yeah,
0: I was cool because I took I was I had fire resistance. I was like, you know what? How much damage can Broad really deal? And then
1: Broad did mm. fireball,
0: and then it also ignited a fire bomb. I almost died. It was yeah, you really
1: close to death. I'm about those high numbers, baby.
0: <laughs> no, t- you were. It was crazy now- how much damage you did.
1: My total damage went through the roof right there, Like damaged everyone.
0: yeah, I, I think I was like, I had like 300 health I think at that time, or like 200 health and
1: you are like 200 to 100.
0: My God, I had 20 health left.
1: yeah, I did like it did like 250 damage or something like
0: that. It was crazy because oh uh, my, 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 my stupid ass was like, "Oh I can take it, let's go.
1: I just sat there because I had I. that's when I got my nat 20 on Arcana in the shop and I got that uh, necklace of fire so I just had full fire immunity I'm just like haha I'm gonna <laughs> shit in the fire
0: so another thing I kind of like are you gonna like, have you read the DM guide
1: I don't have the. I don't think I have the DM guide I should probably get that
0: Okay, you know technically, and this is for any viewer, listen, uh, listeners listening in. Um, if you're playing on DMing, it's really not something you need to read. It's just kind of a guideline of what you could do and what
1: you. It's what, important to use. To what, get they the rec-
0: what they recommend, you know. I mean, I've read it. I didn't read it from cover to cover. I've only read certain sections that I needed to start doing more of. However. One section of the book that I did read that I thought was really interesting was how do you plan on handling nat 20s? And if you roll a nat 20 or nat 1, is it an automatic failure? Is it it an automatic success? Is that how you plan on running it?
1: I saw someone who dealt with a nat 20 differently. Like, there's a tumbling boulder and the dude dude wanted to um, try and stop the boulder. He got a nat 20 and he stopped the boulder but he took, like, a hell of a damage. So,
0: yeah. Like, I was reading the book and I thought it was really interesting. I'm uh, sorry, Richard. I'm kind of not giving you any time to speak. Oh, yeah, um, wow. Was that like, that? 20s don't always need to be an automatic success?
1: Um, it it like, depends on the situation.
0: Yeah. So, like, that's stuff that I'm going to start incorporating into me and, and as me as a DM and how I run it.
1: Uh oh, 10 minutes left.
0: Yeah, I got nine minutes and 40 seconds left. That's fine. Um, I've been talking so much, so I'm going to let Rishi take the next few because I co host and I'm kind of just over, you know, taking the spotlight. So go ahead. Go ahead.
1: All right, hit so, me.
2: Oh, let's see. Kind of covered a lot. <laughs> yeah, we covered a lot. It's a, you already took a lot of my questions I had, so. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> wow, Alpha.
0: Listen, when I start talking, I just kind of
1: This is like Verde and Simon all over. <laughs> no, it's all right. Do
2: you have another question, Rob? While uh I,
0: think... I mean I have I have a few. <laughs> you you go ahead.
1: Oh my god. Um Poor Solar didn't get to talk like any part of this.
0: <laughs> and it was just me. Uh, I feel bad. Is your nose
1: still up on the camera?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. So what I what I've been doing with magic items is I pull up the D. I actually pull up my D and D book, and I roll D one hundred as you see. And whatever it lands on, if it's not too broken, or if it fits the scenario we're going into, or I can see a funny moment coming out of it, I, I will generally give you guys it. I've only said a note to a few things, like... Um,
1: 12,000 gold for the deck of illusions.
0: Listen. <laughs> it, so, like, how do you put on using magic items? Like, do you... Are you going to use the book like how I do it? Or are you kind of gonna kind of do your own thing?
1: I feel like I would use a little bit of uh, the book. Like each sec each little kingdom or not each little kingdom, but each kingdom would have their own magic items, which can be- will be found around the magic shops. Yeah. And they'll it'll be any magic item. They'll just be randomly rolled and they'll be placed in each section, balanced to the level that the players are.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Um like yeah. I don't know what the deity or what the deity of death or something like that. The avatar I,
0: death, you yeah, know, I
1: am I, yeah. I, yeah. probably something. like reduce the damage or the health, or basically to like level three and they get a DD of death. I'll just move, move like really nerf it.
0: Yeah, I think that if I do allow it, I'm just thinking about it. Um,
1: I mean, you've already here, you to give it a different magic item,
0: yeah, if it comes back up because. I said I'm not, I wasn't going to give it out right now, because one, I feel like it's too early to have that there. And then two, like...
1: You know what I, you should give out?
0: The knock deck of many things. God damn it. Don't you say that. The deck of many things. There's no way you can nerf the deck of many things. It, it's...
1: I mean, I really, you can. No. I mean you probably I will probably I will nerf the deck of many things and then show it to you. I'll probably like if I you guys to get, don't like, procrastinate
0: certain, certain cards probably have to get taken out but anyways like uh, to to be completely honest and I wanna start I feel like I, I want you guys the people who don't get that personality shown as much as everybody else. Is. I kind of want to like give you guys a spotlight. I feel like giving the Avatar death to Simon will just take away the spotlight more from you guys. I'm just trying to make it more fun for everybody and not just cater to everybody else, you know?
1: Yeah. He's trying to go a little bit way too hard on uh, getting the deity or a deity. But um, he's going a little bit too hard for how powerful <laughs> he is.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's not a knock to anybody because I think they're phenomenal players and they're doing a very good job. Yeah, um, they are. It, it's just more of like, I want to, like, have you, people who their personalities and uh, and everything, I want them to start forcing a little bit more and start letting them shine. And that, that's about it. Yeah. Now, bro, like, this last five minutes. You've been here, so you know the deal. We give you the last five minutes to plug anything you're doing. So if you want to talk about your campaign that you might be running, or if you want to talk about Ramira, if you want to talk about future characters,
1: um, this, this is for you. I, I kind of already have everything said. I had Bramira said uh-huh. I don't really have that campaign. i am still going to figure out how that's going to work, which I got like months to figure out because I'm waiting for everyone else to finish.
0: Okay, so if you don't really have much to plug, uh, Richie and I could just ask you questions real quick off the top of my head. I do have a um, question. Go ahead, Richie. Ooh.
2: So, since you don't, you say you don't have your campaign ready now, uh, let's say in like two, two to three weeks, do you think you'd be able to throw together like a little uh, demo session, just a quick playthrough, get like, kind of you know juices going and so we get a little taste of the world itself. Kind of like what we did for him. If I put
1: enough yeah if I put enough energy if I really feel like it I could probably set up a session zero.
2: Okay. That'd be something interesting to look
0: forward to. Very interesting.
1: I agree. Although yeah. I'm gonna need like some kind of deadline if you really wanted to have like a session from whatever I'm gonna make. All right
0: so we'll, we'll speak into existence right now. Uh looking at a calendar uh I want to do session zero by May 25th.
1: Okay. Oh, look at this.
0: May 25th. Uh, May 25th, session zero through Bro's campaign. That's one month. One month. It's, it's a little under one month. Um, About
1: 28th. Or actually, no, because that's not Sunday. No, 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 no. I want to at least. Okay,
0: okay, fine. The 28th, the 28th.
1: <laughs> no nah, I'm just kidding I don't even um, know what day the 25th or 28th is so. the 25th was a
0: Tuesday. Tuesday
1: oh you're trying to make me go to a Tuesday
0: well yeah. have it ready by then
1: but yeah, you yeah. whenever
0: whenever you're ready but just have it ready by the 25th
1: oh okay
0: yeah absolutely um and do you the main character <laughs>
1: uh I'd yeah you'll be have second after me. me
0: oh okay okay okay
1: so um I think the amount of people I would go am gonna probably go for is six. Six? That's right and I'm no assassins. And no assassins. Yeah I hate, no. I hate assassins after seek, but I, I can't get too much strong.
0: No, no, I, I don't blame you. I think for your campaign, I, in all honesty, like probably gonna be a wizard of sorts. I, that's the next class I really want to play. Okay, so, um. Anyways, some cool, interesting questions I had for you was, and it's kind of like this or that for the last minute. Was I got uh, two minutes? Brumira or Theron? Theron. Theron, okay. Fireball or
1: Fireball? <laughs>
2: wait, Fire... wait, you didn't let him finish. Fireball or the endless
0: Fireball. ale cup?
1: Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> My fault.
0: Favorite death in any campaign.
1: Under the gaze of all the child.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the child was the best death ever. I think. I think in all honesty, it goes the child, Peter, and then everything else.
2: Yeah, hey, you know. Peter.
0: I think. Oh my god, the child, man. The child was hysterical. Uh, and then finally, um, you yeah, got less than a minute, off. Any predictions?
1: This in week's my, gonna pred- cut out in the middle of your question.
0: Yeah, I'm just gonna end it there.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna predictions,
1: it, uh, uh, no predictions. Okay, goodbye, everyone.
0: Thank you guys for listening. Uh, We we appreciate you guys so much, and we have some big news coming up. Stay. I'm going
1: to I'm going to nerf the jack of many things.
0: Uh, I would love to see it.